The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition with host. Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. May has arrived, and uh, a big good morning to Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to talk about what is happening in the local marketplace. Home buyer complaints are surging in Ontario. Rob has some stories to share on that. We'll also look at an Ancaster mansion that has hit the market for a cool $49 million dollars. Also talk about cottage country home prices going up once again. And, uh, of course, if you have a topic idea that you want us to pounce on on a future program, send the Golfie team an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. And, hey, if you have a question for the Golfie team, real estate related, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. Of course, you can always call the office at 905-575-7700. If you have more than questions, if you're kicking the tires on putting your home on the market, Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales. That number again is 905-575-7700. For the hottest listings in town online, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And you can also follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Rob, what's going on in the local marketplace? We don't have the full stats out yet because it's uh, just yesterday was the end of the month. Yep. But uh, the market is starting to cool a little bit. And um, we're noticing that uh, when we get the final stats, but I, I did a, a, a general stat, and uh, the unit units sold uh, uh, in April versus March was down probably about uh, 15%. And, uh, and I think the uh, average sale price from March till April, uh, I think it's around uh, – two to three percent uh, uh, change. So things are starting to cool off. It's been, uh, so buyers, uh, it's, it's, it's going to get better, a little bit better, but not much better, but it is going to get better for them to uh, find a place uh, in the marketplace. But we will have the full stats next week and, and can give the full report of every area right through uh, the Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara area to find out what's, uh, what's going on. So you're going to see some changes uh, in different areas, uh, unit numbers are down in, uh, versus the previous month, but we're always going to be up from last year, uh, up until we hit probably August, September. Uh, and that's when the market started really, uh, started heating up, uh, uh, in, uh, 2020, uh, 2021 and, uh, and 2020, sorry. So, uh, but yeah, no, the market uh, is cooling off a bit and it just can't continue going. Uh, and I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it's tough for a lot of buyers out there. There's a lot of stories out there and, uh, it just, uh, you know, I knew this was going to come soon and, uh, and it would probably even further 
more going into once in June, when we hear the stats for May, you're going to see a different story also mm-hmm. again. Well, uh, two things. You know, regular listeners of this show, uh, number one, thanks for the support, and we appreciate you listening. But uh, they will also know that, you know, this this is nothing new, this cooling of the market. You've been, you know, reflecting on it over the last several weeks now, saying, listen, there's buyer fatigue. Uh, you know, the, the, the price points have hit a uh, an echelon where, you know, buyers and sellers really aren't, you know, uh, meeting the the uh, you know the the escalated prices that have gone on for the last several months. Um, so there is you know a, a a point in time in which you know buyers are going to pull back, sellers are kind of thinking twice about you know the the numbers that they're thinking about. So you know you've seen this coming for a while now. Yes, and you know what, and what's happening is a lot of people are you know uh, came to the game late. A lot of sellers now they they saw all their neighbors and their friends and family whoever get big money for their house. Now they're trying to jump on, on the bandwagon and, and, and put their houses up for sale and trying to get that big number. And they're not getting that number. A lot of, a lot of agents out there are putting uh, houses for sale. They're holding offers and they're not, they're not even getting any offers there. It's just sitting surprisingly uh, houses out there are now are starting to stay on the market a little longer. You're going to see average days on market for the month of April. Uh, You'll see it'll be just be a slight little, longer than it was in March, but wait till you uh, once uh, May is it, it kicks in gear, you're going to see it's going to be a little longer uh, days on market. And it just, hey, it just can't continue going up. It's it just, it, it becomes uh, to a point where it's unaffordable. And even the banks are getting scared. The government's getting scared. And, and they're, and they're, they're being very careful with uh, what's going on out there. And they want to make sure that there's no problems down the road. Very reminiscent of what happened uh, around this time in 2017. You know, the, the, the late stages of 2016, early 2017 was just absolutely extraordinary in terms of GTA buyers, especially coming this way and pushing the price of a home, uh, you know, to, to a number we haven't seen ever. And uh, that, that happened again over the last, you know, year and a bit. Um, but again, at this time, you know, in 2017, it was around Easter. You predicted that uh, kind of cooling off as well. Obviously, the government had a hand in that in terms of what they did with their uh, new rules and regulations. This time around, same kind of scenario. The government's not coming in, but the, the uh, it's the same kind of time frame within this year where house prices are kind of, you know, easing off a little bit. Yeah, they are. It's just, it, 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 it has to because, uh, I mean, think about it. Everybody out there, that uh, that that is working. They haven't gotten a raise. Like housing housing prices have gone up twenty five thirty percent in the past year. But who who's gotten a twenty five thirty percent raise? Some people don't even get a raise at all for years, and uh, so it, it, it's it's becoming tough. And now interest rates are so low that that's what's making driving the prices up. And uh, you know so you know you can't you can't. You can't keep going at that pace. So now I think we hit some ceilings in certain property to, uh, price ranges, and uh, now it's just going to settle down, and then and we're going to hover around that number for a bit. And, and some houses now, the houses that aren't pristine, they're not going to get as much as they could have maybe two months ago. So they're going to have to get they're going to get market value at at the current market value, which is changing right now. But it's not saying the market's going down. It's just that it's not going up anymore. So now. We have to, the dust is the dust is settling, and uh, we're going to be basically, you know, selling houses uh, at a at a price point that what the market is bearing, and uh, and 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 you know, 
uh, people that wanted to get the big money, uh, they're gonna, they're going to be late to the game now, and uh, they're just uh, and now there's going to be a big disappointment, and there's going to be a big transition. So you're going to see a lot of houses on the market. People wanted to sell, they can't sell, and you're going to see them going off the market. So you're going to see a lot of expires happening in the next uh, 60 days, 90 days that that houses uh, that went on the market now. And it, that didn't sell. It, it'll be interesting to see just on, on my street, for example, there was a home just two doors down from me that in February sold. It was listed at five five ninety nine, I think, and it sold for seven twenty. And the average price on the mountain is around seven twenty seven thirty. Uh, there's a house uh, on my street again, just you know, a few doors down, uh, going the other way, that is completely renovated. And the other one was not renovated at all. It was you know buy as is, and it still went for you know seven twenty. The one down the street has been completely renovated. It looks fantastic. And they too have listed for five ninety nine. So it's going to be very interesting to see one home that wasn't renovated that sold in February for well over asking, and another home that was completely renovated listed for the same price. I'll be interested to see what that home gets. That is a great scenario. I can't wait to to find out what the results of that one is going to go for. Yeah, absolutely. That's you're going to see. You're going to see the guy that didn't have the renovated house made out like a bandit yeah. to watch. <laughs> that's my guess, that's my guess as well. Hey, let's talk about home buyer complaints surging in Ontario. A uh, great article in the CBC earlier this week and and Rob, you were quoted in this article as well. It's a story about a um a woman by the name of Carla who basically has filed a RICO complaint because of a scenario that she encountered while bidding on a home. She had a pretty healthy down payment for a 1.1 million dollar house. Um, but she had to live in her friend's basement for five months because things just didn't work out. And she's blaming the listing agent for breaking the rules. So her family sold uh, their home in Mississauga back in November. And they had uh, their eye on a Hamilton Mountain home that was listed at $1.1 million. So there were 23 other offers. They uh, offered 1.1, just under, uh, actually, it was I think it was just over the listing price. or really bang on the listing price. 23 yeah. other offers. This is early February. And uh, the home was listed at uh, roughly $900,000. There was a bid, according to the listing agent, that was for $80,000 more than what um, uh, Carla had had, uh, had uh, submitted. And this listing agent said, hey, Carla, you know, you need to do better if you really want this home. Uh, at the end of the day, they didn't budge on their price. But apparently the listing agent said, hey, if you had offered $80,000 more th- when all the offers were presented, uh, you know, you could have gotten this home. Now, she's, I guess, intimating that, listen, you know, we we offered a fair price on this home. We weren't going to budge anymore. And apparently, uh, after not raising her bid, in the end, the home did not sell for $80,000 more than her offer. So she's saying, what the heck? So does she have a case here? Does she have a gripe? I don't know if she's got a case, but um, you know what? Pushing that that agent to have their clients uh, pay $80,000 more I don't know. Morally, I think it's wrong, and uh, it, it uh, and, and I get it. I, I really understand um, how these buyers are feeling. Like, th- but that seems such a big stretch. Like, I don't know if I would ever attempt to do that. Um, and I know there's a lot of stuff going on like that. Like they're pushing too much, and sometimes you know you should let you know nature take take its course, and no matter what it is, and it and when this house uh the sellers were receiving 23 offers take the highest bid and go with it um if if there's two or three offers that are very close just say hey listen we got two three offers is there anything you want to do to make it better or anything like that uh because there's 
there's close. Do you want to keep your offer the same, but very close? And some people may say, yeah, we'll change ours. We'll bring ours up or whatever, but don't convince somebody to come up $80,000 more. If you're looking at my offer and, and then you're saying to, and he's saying to me, if you can come up $80,000 more, are you telling me there's nobody in between my number and 80,000? There's nobody else in between there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think one, that agent really was not experienced enough to know what, what they were doing uh, to do that kind of thing. I don't know what kind of problems they'll, they'll get, but uh, a lot of times, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, uh, sellers are pushing their agents to keep pushing them and pushing them more, or agents are promising their sellers, uh, you know, the world. And, and it, when it doesn't come through, they, you know, they're, they're, they're forced to do something. They get desperate. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I, I don't think I would have, I would have done the $80,000. So. Yeah, Carla had a great quote in this piece. Uh, if this agent had an offer $80,000 more than ours uh, when all offers were presented, why didn't he take it? Why is he calling us five hours later? So that is happening in our community. I'm sure it's happening in others as well. When we come back, we'll stay in Ancaster and we'll talk about a mega million dollar mansion. That's coming up next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line once again, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. Again, that number, 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. They're all over social media. They have great videos, awesome bios on their sales representatives on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, of course, you can catch that all online as well at robgolfie.com. That's robgolfie.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We'll read your email on a future program, and Rob will give you an answer to your email. Still to come, prices in cottage country are going up again. And we'll also talk about two couples with kids that have purchased a house together in Toronto, and they're living in it. Very interesting. All right, to Ancaster we go. And the uh, I guess it's just called the Ancaster Mansion. And if I say that, I'm sure many people will kind of have this picture in their mind about 140 Gardner Road East. Built in 95, it is uh, the mansion of all mansions in this, uh, in this city. And it is up for sale for $49 million. That is eye-popping. It is. It is. I actually was looking through the pictures of this place. It, like, I can't imagine. This, I think this place was built in the uh, 90s, 95. early 90s. Yep. 95. Yeah. I'll tell you, Rick, this place, uh, like, it, it is a mansion. Like, like they, they've got their own little banquet hall in there. You should see the dining room. Um, it, it, like, you walk into the foyer. It's just incredible. Uh, the Silvestri's, uh, you know, obviously they're um, big builders in uh, in the area, and I think they're also, I think they are also in Texas too. So they they hmm. do a lot of business in the U.S. Wow. Now, this property 
um, is, uh, I don't know. It, I think it's the land value that is the more value to it. Right. Um, it'd be, it'd be sad to see this house go to go down. But the thing is just to update this house from, uh, 1995, I'm sure there have to be a lot of updates that have to be done. That can cost in the millions. Now the taxes on this place are $40,000 a year, <laughs> which seems kind of, which seems kind of low, uh, for a $49 million house. Right. But uh, I know they tried selling this place uh, a few years ago. Uh, I'm not sure how many years ago. But they, what they're offering with this is the 85 acres. Now, if you, if you divide the, the, what they're asking for uh, by 85 acres, it works out to about just, 500, I think, 578000 an acre, which is, which is in line for, uh, which is cheap for, uh, if you're, if, for a building, like for a developer to, to buy and subdivide. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's industrial land, um, it, it, it's the same thing. So I don't know. It may sell this time around it, it. They've been trying a couple of times over the past 10 years to sell. So we'll see if this, uh, this thing gets going on the market right now. It's been on the market for 30 days. I know every time it hits the market, it gets a lot of publicity just because of the most expensive house out there. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, I mean, they should just have tours of the house, man. It, it's just <laughs> incredible when you walk through it. It, it like they, they mentioned in the paper, it's like, it's like the Titanic, like the way it is set up. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the pictures. I, I, I just want to take a walk through this place and, and see it and just experience it that I actually been in this house. It, it's incredible. Yeah, Very it, incredible. It looks like a luxury hotel. If you want to check out uh, the article, it's in the Hamilton Spectator, uh, written by Scott Radley. And uh, there's lots of great pictures on it as well. So it was on the market five years ago. It was uh, up for $78 million at that time. But at that time, it uh, was the full 171 acres. Uh, but only 85, as you mentioned, uh, acres are on the market now with this house. It, uh, it is 30,000 square feet. Uh, again, 85 acres. It has 11 bedrooms, uh, including a 1,500 square foot master bedroom, which is more uh, or, or bigger than the main floor of my house on the mountain. <laughs> Uh, it has 11 <laughs> bathrooms, a 14-car garage, because, you know, if you have a $49 million home, you probably have 14 vehicles. Uh, and it, as you mentioned, currently zoned Prestige Industrial, which would obviously entice developers to say, hey, we'll buy, we'll buy this property, we'll tear down the house, and we'll build a bunch of houses or, you know, a hotel or some kind of conference center or something involving, you know, warehousing. So the, the land is obviously a lot uh, worth a lot more than the home, I would imagine. I, I bet you'll see uh, an, uh, an offer on this place uh, happening very soon. Really? Um, they're, they're right in line. Um, if it's a, a prestige industrial, they'll, they'll get it. Somebody's going to buy it, and um, they'll probably hang on to it, rent out the house, or do something with it, or offer it to some, some organization to, to rent out. And, uh, and, then, and then during that time, they're going to make plans on uh, subdividing it into maybe, you know, one acre, uh, industrial lots so that, uh, businesses can grow, grow up there, but it's going to take some time. Somebody's somebody's going to pull the trigger on this one this time. Hmm. Um, yeah, 49 million, uh, for industrial prestige industrial. Somebody's going to, you're going to see, you're going to see it sold. I, 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 I can see that at the price per, uh, per acre. It seems like they're right in line with it now. Uh, couple of uh, other, you'll, yeah, a couple of other, on that one. couple of other tidbits on this uh, home. Uh, w- one of the first pictures you see in the article is the atrium or the foyer, and it's just absolutely massive with Italian marble floors, 35 feet ceiling. 
that you can obviously look at uh, the, the second level of the home. And uh, it has a banquet hall that is 40 by 80 feet long with 18-foot ceilings, huge windows. Uh, and uh, that can fit about 120 people. So, hey, listen, if you if you have $49 million and you're, you're planning a big Christmas party, hoping the pandemic restrictions are going to be over, that might be the property for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, gorgeous <laughs> property. They did a beautiful job when they built it. This must have been a huge thing when it when they first uh, built it. You know, I, you know, I, it I was imagine. it was only two million dollars when they when they built it. Well, two, in nineteen ninety five, two million dollars was a lot of money. Yeah, like, like I mean, if, if you compare that, like a house in uh, downtown Hamilton, I mean, you can almost like in the north end, you can get for like probably like forty forty five thousand mm-hmm. or fifty or eighty thousand dollars. So. I mean, it, it, uh, $2 million was uh, a lot of money back then to, uh, to build this house. And, pro- and probably, I mean, you know, he's a developer, a builder himself, so he probably could have done it a lot cheaper. Probably would have cost a lot more money if the average person uh, built it themselves. Right. And considering, you know, mid-90s, what was the minimum wage, like $6 or something like that? So, yeah, it's, <laughs> no it, it, I guess, I guess it's, it's all relative. Uh, from Ancaster to Cottage Country, and we've talked about this before, and certainly we talked about it last year as the pandemic restrictions were first being realized, uh, with more people working at home, more people kind of figuring out, you know, how they can work from home or how they can work from home and still relax and enjoy uh, their house. Well, a lot of people are continuing to look to Cottage Country to do that, and um, so much so that the price uh, of these homes in cottage country, whether you're in Ontario or, or elsewhere in Canada, continue to go up, up, and up. And that's because professionals are looking at you know lakefront cottages. They're looking at those chalets in the mountains if you're in BC, or cabins in the woods away from all the hustle and bustle. And many forecasts say that this impressive growth in cottage country is not only going to continue through this year, but potentially into next year. So. I guess it doesn't matter whether or not, you know, pandemic restrictions and working from home will continue, but I think people have realized that there's a benefit to having these kind of properties where they can uh, work from. Oh, absolutely. You know what, right now, um, you're going to get people, because they can work out of their homes, they're going to work out of their homes in cottage country. Why not? They could stay up there. They don't have to go back and forth. Um, So, like, and, and I know a lot of people, uh, like I have, I have a client that said, Hey, I've, they actually sold their personal residence and they're moving up to cottage country full time. Now hmm. they, they're going up to their cottage and they're going to stay there full time. And uh, I could, I could imagine what their, uh, their cottage is worth now more. So, I mean, they, because they, they figured, you know what, um, they can work out of their houses now they can, you know, everybody like we're accustomed to working out of our houses. So now a lot, you know, why not, why not spend, uh, you know, time at the cottage and work there all, all summer long. And that's why they're selling like crazy. So you, like if you own a cottage right now and you're selling it, you have gold in your hand. That's how valuable it is up there. Like it just, I mean, they, it goes so fast that you just can't, and it's hard to keep up to the demand. So yeah, like it's, you know, people, uh, people's lives have changed over in the past year and they're, and they're looking at their lives more, and uh, doing different things. And, and I see it. I see it, uh, in, in, including myself, what we're doing. I'm glad that we have a pool in our backyard for the summer. Um, if we didn't have that, we're, we're really, it's, it is tough. Like, I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be bragging, but, but yeah, if you don't have a pool, it's tough. Uh, you know, hopefully you've got lots of friends with pools that you can hang out there. But, uh, 
but yeah, like it just, you know, pool, you can't get a pool for at least two years now, depending mm-hmm. unless you know somebody, uh, anything to do with anything out, outdoors right now is, is very valuable and it's costly. I, I heard even above ground pools are, 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 you know, that take up maybe less than a day to put together, uh, are, is costing a lot of money because there's such a big demand for them. So, but yeah, cottage country, Rick, it's it's up and up and and uh, it's gold up, up there up north right now. We, and you know what? We could not work from home, especially in remote places. And I know you know places like Kawartha Lakes or you know uh, the Muskoka area. I mean, it's not considered remote. But years ago, you know, the technology. You know, we we didn't have five G. We didn't have you know an incredible mobile. Uh, cellular network like we do today. And I think that has really enabled a lot of people to work not only from home, but from those more, quote unquote, remote places. So, you know, going through the list, I, I mentioned Kawartha Lakes, you know, the average price of a waterfront property is $872,000. That's up 64.5% year over year, March to March. Um, non-waterfront properties, $606,000, up 44%. Um, sales have skyrocketed 223% for waterfront properties just in Kawartha Lakes. And you look at Georgian Bay, the Sunshine Coast in B.C., where the average price is $830,000. Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. We're talking Saskatchewan. Price is going up by 12%, um, more than or nearly 80% in terms of uh, the sales spike. PEI, and I know the East Coast has been uh, severely impacted by a lot of not only GTA, but Ontario uh, home buyers who are going over to the East Coast to say, hey, this is not only where I'm going to retire, but I can work from here as well. Average oh, price, th- yeah, average oh, price, $330,000, sales up 81%. And Lethbridge, Alberta, which uh, I guess something special is happening there, 59% sp- uh, price spike from uh, March to March, or sales spike, pardon me, and the price going up 14% to $335,000, which sounds very cheap, but, uh, you know, you're in Southern Alberta, not a lot around you but uh, the east coast is is on fire as well well i was just talking to uh, a friend of mine on the east coast in uh, in in nova, in nova scotia and uh he was telling me he's never experienced in the 30 years of his career in real estate that uh the multiple offer situation the bidding wars and everything the way it's going right now he he, he can't believe what's happening and it is a lot of people from ontario that are buying uh, places out, out in the East Coast, and it's driving the prices up. It, it's, it's funny, like, how people are just scattering around the, the, the country. <laughs> you know, they're really just kind of moving around. But, but he, he, like, just, like, he knows that we experienced this in Ontario, but he couldn't believe how to deal with it. And he was asking for, uh, calling us here for advice and saying, hey, listen, this is what's going on. And we're coaching him and say, listen, this is how you deal with this, and this is how you deal with that. Because... Most people in the East Coast never experienced that kind of uh, of rapid and, and a massive uh, amount of people wanting uh, the same house. They just never experienced it. So it, it, it's definitely uh, changing. This whole this pandemic has changed everybody and how they're looking at life right now. Uh, the Financial Post wrote in February, quote, Cottage country is the new battleground for housing bidding wars. So not only have we been seeing a lot of bidding wars in Hamilton, but those in cottage country, people are so desperate to get that kind of you know property away from the big city that the bidding wars are happening there too yeah everywhere it's just incredible incredible and that's going to continue for a lot longer than it is locally here where we are 
Let's talk about this family in Toronto. It is, I'm not familiar with the area, Mount Dennis. I think I'm saying that right. We've got a couple of minutes in this segment, so we'll dive into this and then we'll get Rob's perspective on how this may or may not work. <laughs> so you have two couples. Um, they're both in their 30s. Um, one couple has a couple of kids and uh, the other has uh, one kid. And all the children, all three, are under the age of four. There's a four-year-old, a 16-month-old, and a seven-month-old. So really... Two kind of newborns and uh, and uh, just over a toddler, a four-year-old. So they um, were living in uh, uh, apartments, and they decided to move to Toronto and buy a house. So they've pooled their resources together. They've moved into this home, and um, one of the individuals is named Matt. He crunched the numbers for each family. They factored in that their monthly income and savings, they could afford a home for $920,000. And uh, the monthly mortgage and equity would all be split equally. Both couples were worried that sharing such close quarters and splitting finances would cause problems, but they figured their friendship was strong enough to overcome it. It sounds like a great plan, and I'm sure it might work for this couple, but there's got to be some pitfalls here. Oh, yes. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if I would attempt that, that's for sure. It is definitely uh, a recipe for possible disaster, in my opinion. But, uh, I mean, they're, they're going to have to live through it, for sure. Yeah, so let, uh, I'm going to pick your brain on this when we come back after the break. We're also going to talk about uh, strange things that people do when selling their homes when they're in a crisis. Of course, you can call the Golfie team anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And follow the Golfie team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. More of the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition is coming up next here on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Joining me once again is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700. Head over to their website at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And don't forget, Golfy gets it sold, and they do so safely during the COVID-19 pandemic. Follow the Golfy team. They're all over social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We're talking about uh, a couple of couples, or two couples, uh, with three total kids. One couple is two, the other has a seven-month-old. All the kids are under the age of four. They've pooled their resources together, they've made a down payment, and they're now living in a home in Toronto. 
They figured, uh, hey, you know what? They, they crunched all the numbers. They could afford a home for $920,000. And they figure their friendship is strong enough to withstand some of the pitfalls that uh, we're all thinking are going to encounter. And I'm sure they've thought about, you know, the what ifs. But what does this couple or these two couples have to do to make this work? You know, I'm sure they have to set all the rules down. So now my understanding is, is that they have a, a basement they're going to be able to rent out. And, and they've got another, it's a semi, and they have uh, two and a half floors. So the, they're, they're splitting, and I think they're, they eat together too. Yes. They have dinner together yeah. uh, every night. And, but, but the funny thing is, like, it's all mixed match who sleeps, you know, some, the kids sleep on, on one floor and it's just, it's all mixed up in this house. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like, like, like the one, the parents of one cup, uh, the parents with their kids are on, on the same floor. Sometimes there, there's two floors in between them. So it, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster, uh, because, you know, who cleans the house? Maybe one couple are more cleaner than the other or, or sloppy or who knows. I, I personally think if you're going to buy something, you have a separate floor, you each deal with your own floor. Right. You don't, you don't mix it up. Um, I think it, it, uh, it can cause some problems, but I mean, they, they plan on doing it for five years. Um, it, uh, you know, so they can build some equity because they couldn't afford a house by themselves. So they, they figured they buy it and then, down the road, they can uh, sell the house, and they both go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. But it could be an ex- it could be an experience. It could be a bad experience. It could be a great a great experience. It could be something that uh, you know it's hard to tell. They, they you know only these people know each other very well that they can live together like that uh, throughout the house. Yeah, here's uh, basically the rundown of how each person and, and what what rooms they kind of occupy. Adam, Emily, Blakely, and Lennon sleep in the bedrooms on the second floor. They use the kitchen on the main floor. Blakely gets her own room. Lennon stays with her parents. Adam uses the mudroom off the kitchen as an office and painting studio. Matt, Rebecca, and Sullivan, which is the other family, sleep in a room on the top floor. They use the second floor kitchen, and Matt uses a loft space next to the bedroom for an office. And then, yeah, there's the tenant, the student from George Brown, who Adam knew from the church, ended up moving in the basement. And the families that put all the money toward the mortgage, the tenant has a bathroom in the basement and uses the main floor kitchen uh, since they are closer closer to that uh, that living area, so uh, I don't know if they have arrows around this house or names about you know hey you can only use this room, but uh, it's got to be confusing at times. I, I hope you, they get well, used to it. And I, I wish them nothing but luck. No kidding, you need a diagram. Okay, here's here is the manual to live in this house. Yeah. Like it, it's like, but uh, yeah, they they've really you know separated this house in, into like three different uh, people, like three different families, or one a single guy and two families. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's crazy. The best way to do it, you buy a duplex, you have your own quarters uh, if you're going to do something like that. But, do, you know, I think if you mix like that, I think you're, it, 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 it's going to be tough. Uh, or, if, I mean, it works easier if, you're, if it's two buddies, uh, two, you know, two people moving in to, uh, together and they're sharing it. But when you've got two families, it, it, it gets a little bit more, you know. Sometimes you get one of the kids could beat up on the other kid. And now, you know, it becomes personal. You just <laughs> yeah. got to watch out for stuff like that. It's it's not something I would recommend to anybody unless you're buying a duplex and you guys both live in your separate quarters, that's yeah. all. Yeah, we only got a minute here, but with uh, house prices soaring in Hamilton and the supply very limited over the last number of months, uh, were any of these scenarios uh, uh, going on here in Hamilton? Did you deal with any? Did you hear about any of these? 
No, no, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't experience any of that, uh, in any of our, uh, sales that we've done in this past year. Um, it just, yeah, like I, I, that's, that's a, you know, very rare that happens when two families are getting together. Usually you see in-laws get together, you know, like, uh, parents having their kids, uh, with their grandkids moving in together with them if they have a lot of room, but I, not two separate friend families. No, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's, um, uh, very, very dangerous to do that. So uh, you got to be very careful, especially you got kids and everything else involved. As you heard earlier in the show, the uh, market here in Hamilton, Burlington, starting to cool a little bit. If you want a marketing strategy that's going to work for you, call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700. Online, robgolfie.com is the website. That's robgolfi.com. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, strange things that people do when selling their homes when they're in a crisis. That's coming up next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. And one last go-round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Joining me once again, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Follow the Golfy team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They're online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Have a topic idea for a future show or a question related to real estate for the Golfie team? Send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Uh, strange things people do when selling their homes when they're in a crisis. I'm sure this is a long list. Well, I, I've got a couple of stories here, and they're pretty, uh, I mean, they're funny, but they're not funny. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, it's. I had this uh, client of mine and uh, the, the, the lady was selling her house and she has four children okay. and, uh, and the parents, the kids kept telling her that I gave, I gave the recommended price for this house. Now she's, she was uh, falling ill and, uh, and I said, you know, we should list it at this price. Well, the lady goes, no, we want, I want this much money and this and that. So uh, time went by as time went by, uh, I, she was getting, more ill. She ended up at St. Peter's Hospital. Now, in, in St. Peter's Hospital in, in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Now, Greg, we know when you're going there, that's pretty well it. Am right. I correct on that? Or yeah, I mean they're they're known for their palliative care um, right. care. So basically, like she like like it's getting pretty bad for her. So mm-hmm. so she's going to St. Peter's Hospital, and chances are, you know, like she's at at her end of her life. Yeah. So. I'm, we get an offer on her house and I'm at St. Peter's hospital. I had to go there to deal with it. Right. And she didn't want the kids to deal with it. She's dealing with it. Wow. Do you know this lady would reject the offer? And, and literally like, I, I couldn't believe how much 
this this she had so much fire in her still <laughs> and and she's she's and she's dying and and she says nope 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 and she wanted so much money so anyway um w- w- while she was alive we didn't sell it um so when she passed away after the funeral the kids came to me and said rob put put the house at the price that you suggested mm-hmm. and we just want to we just want to sell this we sold it within a week but can you imagine she was fighting to the end to get her price wow I couldn't believe it. And so, how it's close? Sad, how close did you get to the price that she wanted? Um, we, we weren't very close at all because she she wanted a lot more money than what what we were asking. Right. This was this was years ago, and um, and it's funny though, and it's not the it, that's not the first time. You'd be amazed how many times I've been to St. Peter's over the years hmm. of people negotiating so hard to get what they want. And knowing that they're going to pass away within a month or or whatever, right. and it's funny. It's funny how that works. I guess you know what your mind doesn't stop working; it just keeps going strong. And uh, but anyway, uh, but when the kids uh, and the kids would try to tell the mother, say, "Come on, mom, like listen, just sell it. Like, what do you? It's not like you're going to gain from it. We don't care. We just just get, get it sold." Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. So we we listed at the price uh, after she passed away, and, and it sold. And that, that that's a funny story. Like, but people when they go when they're on their on their deathbed, they're still they're still strong minded, and they still want to they still want to negotiate to the to the uh, extreme right to the end. So but, is that is that a pride factor, or is that or maybe that's a stubborn factor, or is that something where she's thinking, you know, this money's going to ultimately go to my children? I think I think what it is is that she's trying to she's fighting for her kids. Right, uh, yeah. She wants to show that she you know that she did well. Like I mean. And the kids that, you know, they're not really, you know, they're trying to tell her that it's not worth that much money and, you know, trying to have her, you know, accept, uh, you know, what the market value is. But yeah, I mean, we won't know that until it happens to us. Like, um, you know, to me, I think, you know, if I was dying, I'm like, Hey, listen, guys, take care of it. I, you, you know, like I, I'm out of here. I, I, I don't even want to think about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I've got maybe, you know, 30 days or a couple of months left of my life. I just want to, just keep it as simple as possible without having to, you know, think about negotiating or, or anything. But, uh, but you'd be amazed. I remember one lady one time, I'll tell this story quick. We, uh, the house was an upper gauge between uh, Rymo and Stone Church. And we we're in the middle of a deal signing stuff. And she fell in her house. And she knew um, I, uh, she was going to call me to let me know when to come over to sign. But anyway, she fell and she called an ambulance. She calls me and says, Rob, I, I fell. I hurt myself. I called an ambulance. Uh, you got to get here right away before they come. And I go home. So I hop in my car. I race down there uh, to her house. And I, I come in through the front door. And the ambulance guys are just putting her up on her, on her, on her uh, gurney or I guess whatever the mm-hmm. bed. And they go, who are you? I go, I'm her real estate agent. She's got to sign some papers before she goes. So I could imagine those those paramedics looking at that and saying, what the heck is this about? But you know what? You'd be amazed at people when they know they have to sign something. But anyway, that was it's a funny story. I'm sure those paramedics will never forget that. That if they're hearing this, they'll know they'll know exactly uh, that situation when it happened. That is hilarious. Uh, again, for the hottest listings in town, robgolfie.com is the website to go to. That's Rob G O L F I dot com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team 
in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Rob, again, another fantastic program. Thank you for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.